Welcome back, Schmodown fans, to episode two of Talkin' Schmodown. I'm editor-in-chief of Merc with Movie Blog, Josh Rayner, and I am ready to just dive right into the entire week's worth of Schmodown uh, happenings. We've got a whole uh, a, bu- a bunch of stuff actually go down um, that I wanted to talk about uh, during this uh, first week of the off-season. We had uh, the State of the Union address. Uh, Christian Chairman Christian Harloff put out the uh, monthly State of the Union uh, I want to talk a little bit about the future of uh, Andrew Guy, and uh, we even saw Ben Bateman give uh, a bit of a response to uh, the events of The Spectacular, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we got the Schmodown Awards nominee list, so we're going to dive into that. And uh, I want to talk about the Patreon-exclusive holiday match that took place uh, and is now available for all patrons, uh, it's dollar and up and everything like that. Uh, it has Mark Riley, Brianne Chandler, Stacey Howard, John Roca going at it. All holiday movies. It was a really cool match, so we're going to dive right in. everybody. Like I said, this is Talking Schmodown, and I am Josh Rayner, and we are going to just go right into everything. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Christian Harloff's State of the Union Address. Uh, he released this right after uh, I put out last week's podcast. It was on Christmas Eve. That's when I had put out the podcast last week, uh, so I wasn't able to talk about it then. He put it out there. It's December, State of the Union. He talked a little bit about uh, the spectacular, uh, you know, kind of everything that went down during it. Uh, he talked about the Schmodown Awards, which are taking place uh, on January 12th. Uh, he talked about some uh, new uh, stuff that's going to be coming, the uh, exhibition match versus uh, the Schmoes versus the Patriots. Uh, and then he uh, kind of went into a little bit of detail about the new show that they're going to be doing called Schmodown Throwdown, which is their... Uh, live double header show now this is going to be their live in studio event uh which non-patrons can uh access for the 299 uh but it will be a, a patreon exclusive otherwise uh and it's, like i said they'll be doing their their double headers and it, the first one will be in february and he had christian harloff has officially announced what the first match for the uh, the, the th- uh, Schmodown Throwdown will be. And it'll be critically acclaimed William Bibiani, Whitney Seibold versus Lon and Jonathan Harris. That's right, the Harris brothers. Critically acclaimed versus the Harris brothers in a number one contenders match for a future title shot at the Shire Wolves. That's a huge match. And I think it, it's... I, I'm really excited for it. We haven't really seen critically acclaimed in action for a while so i'm really excited to see that uh that, that they're going to be kicking off the uh, the live in studio stuff with the the throwdown and uh, going up against the harris brothers i think it's a great uh, a great match 
It's going to be a great match. And I was actually shocked to hear that it was going to be a number one contenders match. So it's got some big stakes, big personalities. I really hope you guys are, are set up for pay, for uh, Patreon. If not, get on there now because you you do not want to miss uh, these exhibition matches. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. This whole season, I'm so excited for what's coming this season. Uh, next. Uh, with the spectacular behind us, I kind of wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the fate of Andrew Guy. You know, we're moving into the 2019 season, and the question looming over everything is, you know, with with what Guy did, with uh, him tackling uh, his his former partner Ben Bateman through a table at at the end of the spectacular of uh, of that part of the spectacular that video. What's going to happen to Andrew Guy? Now, last year, the Spectacular in 2017, same kind of thing happened. He took out Roca, but then he was suspended for, I think it was like four months, and came back at the free-for-all. Now, is this something that we're going to see again? You know, is it going to be you know, another suspension? You know, is he going to pop up again at the free-for-all? Or... Does Christian does, does the chairman of the league have something else in store for us? He did say that there will be punishment. He did not say what that punishment will be, so we'll have to wait and find out for that. Um, over on Team Action's Patreon page, Ben Bateman gave his thoughts on the spectacular uh, and the uh, you know what happened between him and, and Andrew Guy. Uh, he when I, he called Guy a coward and a traitor. Uh, and he praised Mark Riley and how in sync they've been over uh, over these last you know few, few months during the anarchy and, uh, and and leading up and everything. And just as a you know a team member, even when he's doing you know some you know when they're doing single stuff, they're still they've still been a team. He's still been supporting him. So you know it's it's kind of actually nice. I'm interested to see where they're gonna go with Bateman's character. Uh, is he going to is he going to kind of lean more toward that face uh, character, or is he going to? Is he just going to kind of you know back off the throttle a bit on on, on his heel tactics? Well, you know, I guess we'll just have to have to see if uh, Riley's personality will rub off on him uh, at all. You know, so he he even talked a little bit about uh, how e- even though these are storylines, that there's always a little bit of truth to them, and that uh, you know. With everything that was going on, he could tell that that guy was was getting pissed about stuff. So, you know, it it, it makes sense that uh, it, it went this route, and that they had, you know he talked about how they had been talking about the possibility of uh, of the team action splitting up and everything like that. So, if you want to check out that whole video, go over to uh, Team Action's uh, Patreon page. Uh, you know, sign up for their Patreon. You know, one dollar a month. That's all it takes. And uh, you can check out that video right there. Uh, since the incident, we have seen Guy and Bateman going after each other on the uh, Schmodown Facebook group. Uh, the Action Army is split right now, forced to pick a side, Team Bateman or Team Guy. So whose side are you on? I want you to hop on uh, on your social media, hop on you know Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whichever you know you, you guys use out there, and let me know. Are you hashtag Team Bateman? Or hashtag Team Guy. Either way, this has all the makings of a great future singles match between the two former partners. And I myself 
am extremely excited to see uh, you know what 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 happens between them. Now I want to move on to the Schmodown Awards. Uh, now before I dive into the nominees, uh, there there was a little bit of sad news that came out uh, from the former Inner Geekdom champ Mark Knopic. I'm gonna read her statement right now. <clears throat> All right. Uh, she posted on Facebook, says, I wanted you, guys, wanted you guys to be the first to know because you have all been so kind and supportive. I appreciate all of you. And then she uh, put out a, a, a fairly long um, statement, which I'm going to read. It says, to begin, I would like to thank all the people who followed my journey during the Schmodown Inner Geekdom Tournament, as well as all of the other fans who support the league. I have decided to no longer compete in the Schmodown. I am so sorry to disappoint any of you, but this is entirely my fault. There are many parts of the Schmodown requiring communication and coordination that are not seen by the viewers, and it is apparent that I did not clearly make my boundaries known. Additionally, I established personal limits prior to my entry in the league that I allowed myself to breach. As a result, I had been strongly considering leaving the Schmodown prior to earning the Inner Geekdom Belt. Despite my close connections with the league prior to my direct involvement, I wasn't prepared for how much the Schmodown has evolved beyond being just a trivia contest, involving elements of characters and story. I played the game as myself and never wanted to be anything more than that. In addition, I didn't realize how ill-suited I was to the storyline aspect of the game and how much this would influence my experience. I let both the game and myself push me too far, for which I apologize and deeply regret. I cannot express how much it pains me to let any of you down, but I hope that you know how much it meant to me that each and every one of you took time to express your support and share in my experience. I'm very fortunate to have been offered the opportunity to compete, and though I feel like I owe the people who supported me an explanation, I do not endorse any animosity toward the league regarding my departure. Despite my decision to step away from competition, I encourage everyone to keep watching, sharing, and supporting the Schmodown. I entered the Schmodown hoping to simply have fun, but with each victory, I added additional pressure on myself to perform. This led me to allow the Schmodown to monopolize my entire life for weeks at a time, which was not healthy for me. The League has been very respectful of my privacy regarding my health, but there are some aspects upon which I'd like to elaborate. Some of you may recall that I was in a car accident in June that led to a neck injury that still causes me daily pain. I pushed myself very hard while preparing for my matches, which complicated an already difficult process of navigating around the flaws of the VA healthcare system. I delayed my care in this and other ways, and I take responsibility for where I for where I am now as a result. I appreciate the consideration and support of the league over the past couple of months as I've worked with my doctors on my treatment. Concerning the Schmodown Awards, the league has great kindly granted my request to be removed from consideration in all individual categories. I would prefer that any award or awards that I might win instead be given to a competitor who is still active in the league and for whom I can stoke the fire for the performance next season. That being said, I recognize that my match against Rachel Cushing could possibly be considered for match of the year 
and it would not be fair to, de to deny her the opportunity to be honored and celebrated for her incredible display of knowledge and perseverance. Even though I've stepped away, I will continue to support Dan as he continues his work in the Schmodown, along with so many amazing competitors who remain active in the league. If I could thank each one of you individually, I would, but please ex accept this collective thank you. Now, th there's there's a lot there to unpack. Um, you know, she, as she said, she allowed the Schmodown to kind of monopolize her time, and at times you could you could really see that. You know, you could see how bogged down she would get at times, or how um, I don't know, just how wrapped up in things that she would get. And she, and that's the thing, she's probably like probably the best inner geekdom player that we have ever seen in this league. And she, you know, like she said herself, she allowed it to overtake things. And it's, it's really disappointing. Um, during, uh, actually, Ben Bateman's uh, video that I had just talked about at the end, he, he kind of addressed uh, all the stuff that happened with, with Mara and everything and how, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the whole storyline and character thing and everything, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. Some people have a harder time handling that stuff than others um apparently she was not happy with uh mike getting a rematch uh she you know she she was in it for the trivia and not not so much the storylines and you know with the way things worked out with scheduling and everything mike was was the was you know the obvious choice f for her to face but you know it was something that she wasn't very happy with and then you know the way he kind of slow played that ending it just everything just kind of came to a head and 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 it, it, i think it just ruined the experience for her you know obviously in, in a big bad way making her want to leave the, the league completely um so I, i'm really i'm really sad to hear i love she was one of my favorite competitors uh, I, I, every time she was uh, she was there, I loved watching her play. She's she was a force to reckon with, uh, so she'll definitely be missed in the league. Um, and so she has officially been removed from the running for both Inner Geekdom Player of the Year and the Rookie of the Year categories. However, her epic match against Rachel the Crusher Cushing is still up for uh, two awards: uh, Upset of the Year and Match of the Year. So. Uh, if you haven't gone on and voted, please get on there and vote right now. Uh, I am going to go through the nominees list and uh, let's see what we've got for the Schmodown Awards. First up, Best Entrance Singles. Uh, we have William Bibiani vs. Jeff Snyder, the Clue Entrance. William Bibiani vs. Mark Andreco, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Entrance. Brianne Chandler at the Free For All 2, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Andrew Guy at Free For All 2, as Dan Merle. Janine the Machine versus Ben Bateman as Misty Knight. There's some great entrances. Uh, my, my top one, I have to say, was uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 one. That was so much fun. I loved that one. Uh, the Clue one was great too, but I don't know, it was something about, I used to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 when I was a kid, and 
I I love that they did that. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. So that was that was my personal choice. Next up is best entrance teams. We have critically acclaimed and Modoc with uh, Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted, which was a that was that was a good one. I I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, the self righteous brothers and take the cannoli, Hellraiser and Logan. The Shire Wolves uh, versus Sick in the Head, the Thor Ragnarok. Shire Wolves versus Who's the Boss, Girls Run the World. And uh, Wait, I Know This versus the Founding Fathers, Jurassic Park. Uh, there's some some good uh, good choices there. I do I love the Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted one. I thought that was a really cool one. Um, but my favorite. My absolute hands down favorite was the Shire Wolves versus Stick in the Head when the Shire Wolves did Thor Ragnarok. It was fantastic, and it was the match where they won the the, the titles. So it is kind of like a double a double dose of awesomeness. Uh, so that Thor Ragnarok uh, entrance was it, it was awesome, and I love to see them do that one again. I would be totally okay with seeing. Uh, a repeat on that one, just because of how how much I absolutely loved it. Next up is the Inner Geekdom slash Star Wars Player of the Year. We have Rachel Cushing, Alex Damon, Jason Inman, Mike Kalinowski, and Mark Donica. Some great players. Um... My choice for this one, I know a lot of people would probably uh, be be rooting for uh, Rachel Cushing, though I love Rachel Cushing and she's a fantastic inner geekdom player. I feel like she's been uh, a bit absent in the league uh, this season. She hasn't done a ton. Um, maybe it's just because they, you know, we did the. Uh, tournaments and stuff, and, and you know she really didn't. I mean, so we haven't seen her in a while because you had like the the singles tournament and the tag team tournament. So it's been a while since they've really done much inner geekdom stuff in general. But the person who stood out to me was the former champ Jason Inman. He had a fantastic year. He's an amazing talent in this league. I just wish that he was able to be around a bit more. But I think he had a he had a great uh, a great year. I was originally I originally had voted for Mara Knopic, but since she was removed from the category, Jason Inman was my number two, and that's you know there's nothing wrong with that. He's he's a fantastic player, and uh, and I hope he hope he takes home the win. Next up is upset of the year. You have Mark Andreco versus Ethan Irwin. Ben Bateman versus Lon Harris. Emma Fife wins the Commissioner Bowl. Andrew Guy versus Mark Riley. The Harris Brothers versus Take the Cannoli. Adam Halavik versus Hector Navarro. Mara Kanopic versus Rachel Cushing. Corruption versus the Founding Fathers. Dan Merle versus Andrew Guy. And World's Finest versus Team Trek. There are a lot of great matches uh, here. And uh, if you go on to, uh, I believe it's TriviaSD.com, they have the full list there and they actually have links to these matches. So you can actually uh, check them out. 
uh, if you if you kind of refresh your memory or something like that. So, but when I think of upset of the year, like there are some great matches in here. Uh, a couple of these are definite match of the year uh, possibilities. But like I said, when I think of upset of the year, there is only one that fits this perfectly there's only one that stands above the rest and that is andrew guy taking down dangerous dan merle that that's it end of story there is no other there is no bigger upset than that for this entire year still talking about it now that is your clear winner i don't care what anybody else says it's the dan merle versus andrew guy match hands down Next up is podcast slash after show of the year. Hopefully one day I'll be on that show, but I digress. Uh, Your choices for uh, podcast slash after show of the year are Dedicated to the Art, Late to the Party, Schmodown Central, Schmodown Rundown, and Take Three Productions. Um... Now, I'll be honest, I've, I only know of three of the five. I don't actually know Dedicated to Art and Schmodown Central. But, you know, Late to the Party, obviously I know. Schmodown Rundown, obviously I know. And Take Three Productions, I know. Um, so, out of those three, my top choice is, you know, and it may seem cliche to say, but it's the Schmodown Rundown. It's the one that I listen to every week, no matter what. Um, I love those guys over there. You know, Brad Gilmore, Frank Janish, uh, Chris Clark, they're, they have brought, uh, they, they have made the Schmodown Rundown into something extremely special, and it's a fantastic show to listen to. They really dive deep into everything. So like I said on my first episode, they, they're my inspiration for this show, so you know, I hope that I can be even nearly as good. So, you know, the Schmodown Rundown, that's my choice for podcast slash after show of the year. Take it home, Rundown Boys. Next up is the manager of the year. We have Finstock, Emma Fife, Ken Knapsack, Roxy Stryer, and Jay Washington. Some great managers, but honestly, there's I, I feel that there's really only one true manager of the year this year. And that is Emma Fife. Uh, Finstock, he's a great manager in general. He's a he's a great entertainer, but he hasn't had that great of a year. You know, the his former team, the Patriots, completely fell apart. He's he's had a rough go this year, so I don't think it's 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 his time. Um, Jay had a rough go in, in the early uh, parts of the year. You know, he got hooked up with. Ethan Irwin, so he's obviously you know had a better uh, a better go at things since then, but I, I still wouldn't quite put him up there yet. If he can stay on track for this for the 2019 season, then possibly for next next year's awards, I could see something like that. But you know, so like I said, the clear the clear answer for me it's Emma Fife. You know, she's managing the Fife Club. You know, she. Clark's had a great a great season, you know, winning the title, the, the tag team titles, and she's had 
multiple shots, you know, top tier shots at the title, number one contender shots and stuff like that. So she may not have closed the deal on them, but it's the fact that she she gets there. And Emma, she she does something key as a manager, and that is that she fully supports her team. She's there when they need her. She's helping them to train and get ready for these matches. And she herself is a good is, is a damn good competitor and will now be one of the commissioners of the league. What she will specifically be doing, we don't know, and whether or not that will interfere with her managerial uh, duties, we don't know. But I'm excited to see what 2019 brings for Emma Fife. Next up is Babyface Team of the Year. We have Above the Line, the Founding Fathers, the Shire Wolves, Take the Cannoli, and the Wild Berries. There are a few teams on here that I absolutely love and would be totally okay with seeing them win uh, this this award. Obviously, Above the Line, they did such a fantastic job, and I believe that they would probably still be uh, the tag team champs. I mean, I love the Shire Wolves, no offense. But they, I have a feeling they'd probably still be the tag team champs if, uh, if it wasn't, if they hadn't um, vacated the titles. And then speaking of the Shire Wolves, I absolutely love Clark Wolf and Rachel Cushing. I think they are a perfect team together. Uh, and I'm so happy to see them as the champs. So uh, I, I would totally love to see them win, win this award. And, and the other one, it's kind of like a wild card is the Wild Berries. Uh, they're a fantastic team. They may not have the greatest record, but they're they're such an entertaining team. They No matter what, every time I hear that there's going to be a Wild Berries match, it makes me smile. It, it's one of my most anticipated matches whenever I hear it. So uh, the more more berries, the better. I'll say it that way. Wild Berries! And pick up your, sh- your, uh, your shirts on tpublic.com. Next up is Heel Team of the Year, and we have the Harris Brothers, the Kingsmen, Corruption, the Patriots, and Team Action. Now, my choice was Team Action. Even though they have uh, officially split up, they were such a fantastic heel team. It's not just Team of the Year, it's Heel Team of the Year. So you really got to take the word heel into consideration when you're thinking about uh, these not these nominees. And I don't think there was any better heel team than Team Action this year. Uh, they, they did pretty good throughout the year in general. And like I said, they are some of the best heels that we've ever seen in this league. So my choice would be definitely Team Action. The next category is Babyface of the Year. So this is a single player, Babyface player of the year. And uh, the choices are Rachel Cushing, Sam Levine, Mark Riley, John Rocha, and Clark Wolf. Um, now, some people may not like this choice, but I went with Sam Levine. I know that he's no longer, you know, actively playing in 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 the league, but he had the 
best year probably out of anybody this entire year. It was a, just a fantastic run. I'd be shocked if he didn't still, you know, wouldn't have still had the title at this point. Um, it was it, it was something special to see. And it was so sad when he, uh, you know, when he decided to retire from the league. But I think that it would be a fantastic thing to see him win something like this. Now, the other thing I'm going to kind of jump ahead just a little bit is that player of the year he's also up for. And I, I voted for him for that as well. So if I had to choose between the two, I would say give him player of the year. And if it was going, if Babyface of the Year was going to go to somebody else, I would probably go with Clark Wolf. I love Clark Wolf. She's one of my favorite competitors, has been for a long time. And I, I think she has done some amazing work this year and would definitely be deserving of this award. Next up is Heel of the Year. We have Ben Bateman, Finn Stock, Andrew Guy, Lon Harris, and Mike Kalinowski. Now, there, these are, there are some great heels here. The two that really stand out to me... Actually, there are three that really stand out. Um, and it's Finn Stock, Andrew Guy, and Mike Kalinowski. Um, I, I like Lon Harris, but his, his heel, like him as a heel, it doesn't quite come off the same way as these other guys. And uh, Ben, he's up there, but not quite with the other three. And, and I'll talk about a little bit about that. Uh, so as, a, as far as Finstock goes, I think he's, he's, he's fantastic. He's such a great entertainer. Um, he's one of the best on the mic. And his ability to just tear someone down is is almost second to none, really. Um, then you have someone like Andrew Guy, who is just he's just killing it in the league as a heel, just destroying people. It's it's fantastic to watch. And then Mike Kalinowski in this, uh, you know, the whole KO uh, and the corruption gimmick and everything like that. I like Mike Kalinowski, you know, who, you know, I like him on DC Movie News and all that stuff. But when he went heel, it, it, it was like something woke inside of him. And he really just embraced this, this game and embraced this character. And it was something wonderful to see and, and definitely award worthy. So I, of those three, I would, I'd be okay with any of them. Um, I think though, who I would have to pick is probably Mike. He, he's the one who impressed me the most. Uh, do, you know, like I said, you have to take heel into account when it comes to stuff like this. And I think he's the one who impressed me the most with his ability to really portray that, that conniving heel that he's that you know that he was going for that that guy who's controlling things behind the scenes, as we find out, not really, but that's a whole different story. But yeah, so Mike Kalinowski was my pick for heel of the year. Then we have uh, 
a, a new one called the Yodi Award, which I, I think is a fantastic new award. It's to uh, highlight legends in the in, in the Schmodown, and they're giving this one this year. It, it, it's not a vote; they are giving this award to the late great John Schnepp, and I couldn't be more happy about it. It's so fantastic. John Schnepp, he was such a big personality. He may not have been the best at this game, but no matter what, whenever he had a match, you know, people would want to see it. You know, because he's, he's just that. He, People loved John Schnepp. People still love John Schnepp. I know I do, and I miss him every day. And I am just so, so happy to see that he's going to get some recognition at this year's awards. And uh, and, and I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so glad that they're doing this. So uh, thank you, Christian, and everybody else who decided to do this. John Schnepp, you are, are loved and you are missed. And, and, and I hope that, that you know that. I hope wherever you are, I hope that you know how much you are loved by everyone here. All right, next up is the new team of the year. So this is all this is for teams that have formed during this year. We actually you know we had a lot of new teams this year with the, the whole anarchy tournament. so you know it could have gone to literally anybody. So we did actually get um, a couple of, of teams out, out of the, the anarchy tournament so. Uh, the nominees for that are the Harris Brothers, Corruption, the Scream Queens, the Shire Wolves, and Who's the Boss. Um, there's some great, great, great teams. I, however, think that there's two clear choices for this one, and that is the Shire Wolves and Who's the Boss. They're the two best teams that we have seen this year. Uh, I... I, there's really no other way to to decide on this. I mean, it's, it's Shire Wolves and who's the boss. Those are your two teams. I ch- personally chose the Shire Wolves simply because I love uh, Clark and Rachel so much and the fact that they were able to plow through and, and take the, um, the titles and then you know defend the titles, I think that, that puts them over the edge. For for this, so for new team of the year, I definitely would have to go with Shire Wolves, but I would not fault anybody who voted for uh, Who's the Boss as well, because Ben Bateman and Mark Riley they were a fantastic team together, and even having Finstock as their manager, I think it worked. I think the whole thing works, and I actually can't wait to see more from them as well in the 2019 season. Next up is Rookie of the Year. Uh, rookies for this year, Mark Donica, Chance Ellison, Ethan Irwin, Eric Zipper, and Janine the Machine. Uh, this was the other category that Mara had been taken out of, and she was my original pick for this, uh, this award. But since she was no longer uh, in, this, in the running for this award, the, the, the only other clear choice... Really is Ethan Irwin. He 
demolished his way through pretty much everybody that he's played and even went on to win the title against John Roca. So he's the first rookie to ever ever do that, to, to, to grab the gold like that. And I, I think out of this list, it's really, it's, it's no contest. It's Ethan Irwin, hands down, all the way, end of story. Next up is Comeback Player of the Year. And the nominees for that are Mark Andreco, William Bibiani, Mike Kalinowski, Dan Merle, and Clark Wolf. Now, uh, with this one, there's you know a lot of stuff going on. I think personally that Clark has had the best current season in comparison. You know, especially because of what she's done in teams with the Shire Wolves. And, you know, getting these opportunities. She's kept herself up in the ranks. I, I love, you know, a lot of these other players. I love all of these players, really. But, you know, so, you know, for instance, someone like Dan Merle, honestly, he hasn't had a great comeback. You know, so he, he, he would definitely not be part of that for me. He wouldn't be my, you know, a choice for me. But... He's still a great player, and no matter what, I will see, I will watch whatever he does. Um, the only other option I could really probably think of is maybe someone like a like a William Bibiani, um, as you know, he had kind of a rough season last year, and then he ended up as the 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 champion this year. So that I could see, uh, even possibly Mark Andreco. He's been in the you know close to the title picture a couple of times this year so you know he's he's really worked himself up there and he's part of a great faction uh with the fife club so um, i could definitely see you know either of them uh being comeback player of the year i wouldn't be disappointed if either of them got the award but clark is definitely my pick for it next up is moment of the year uh we have andrew guy tackles ben bateman Andrew Guy's entrance at the the free for all two, where he comes out uh, pretending to be Dan Merle. The five horsemen are revealed. Sam Levine becomes double champion, and the Shire Wolves po- post interview. We are the league. There's some great moments here. Uh, the two that stood out the most to me, uh, like I'll preface this with saying, the Andrew Guy tackled. Tackles Ben Bateman. That was a it was a great moment. It was a fantastic moment. However, Sam Levine becoming double champion and the five horsemen uh, being revealed, I felt that those were far bigger moments for the year than than the tackle number two. And of those two, uh, I really think that the five horse the reveal of the five horsemen was the bigger of the moments it's people you know there have been rumblings that roca has you know was working on bringing the four horsemen back and then at that live event when they came out and then there was a fifth member first off a fifth member that's wild we did not expect that five horsemen and then to have it be okay so you obviously you got john roca and you got matt nost 
And then Jason Inman. It's like, whoa, they got Jason Inman, the inner geekdom champion. That's crazy. And then Mark Riley. It's like, whoa, legendary status, former champ. You know, it's like, who else are they going to have for this fifth and final member? And it's none other than former champ Dan Merle. A fantastic moment, a, 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 the the start of a, a insanely good team. Um, now, granted, they haven't had the best luck this season, but they are fantastic players nonetheless. And that moment will go down in Schmodown history as one of the best moments I think of the entire uh, Schmodown, not just this year, but of the entire league. Next up is Match of the Year. There's uh, several contenders for this one. We have Above the Line versus Patriots 2. Clark Wolf versus Sam Levine. Ethan Irwin versus Clark Wolf. Lon Harris versus Ethan Irwin. Mark Knopic versus Rachel Cushing. Corruption versus the Founding Fathers. Take the Cannoli versus the Self-Righteous Brothers. Top 10 versus Top That. Who's the Boss versus the Shire Wolves. And William Bibiani versus John Roca. Some fantastic matches, but to me, the one that stood out as match of the year, the one that really just screamed intensity to me and and dedication was Mara Kanopic versus Rachel Cushing. Mara had been had recently been in a car accident and was in a lot of pain during this match. Rachel Cushing was extremely sick during this match and they fought tooth and nail several several uh, uh, sudden death rounds. I don't even remember the the total number. For some reason, I want to say it was like 12 or something crazy like that. It's probably not that much, but for some reason, I feel like that's what the number was. Um, But tons and tons of sudden death questions. They just kept matching each other every single round, no matter what. And no matter how much they wanted that match to end, they just kept fighting. And that is why I think it deserves... Match of the year. And I'll be honest, it would be, as a nice little side note, it would be nice to be able to give Mara a final, uh, a nice final goodbye, a capper to her her time in the Schmodown with this award, you know, giving her the props that she and Rachel rightly deserve for going through everything that they went through in that match. It was insane. Go rewatch it. I rewatched it. It's just, it's such a good match, and it definitely deserves match of the year. Next up is team of the year. So, this is overall team, not heel, not uh, babyface, just overall team of the year. We have Above the Line, Critically Acclaimed, The Harris Brothers, The Shire Wolves, and Who's the Boss? Now, for me, it's between Above the Line, and the Shire Wolves. These are the two that really just tore at it throughout this season. 
you know, just going undefeated and, and making waves and taking titles. And honestly, I think I have to go with the Shire Wolves. They are a fantastic team, and it's not just because it's not because they're still together that you know, but it's it's more than just that. It's it's the way they just rose through the ranks. No, I know that Above the Line was did a fantastic job rising through the ranks as well. But I don't know. It's something about the Shire Wolves that just screams Team of the Year to me. And and, and really, that that's I I I don't really know how else to describe it. Shire Wolves are who I'm going for. But honestly, if Above the Line wins it, I'd totally be okay with that. Next up is Singles Player of the Year. So this is you know the players. For specifically the singles league, we had, you know, the inner geekdom slash Star Wars player of the year. We had, you know, things like babyface player of the year, heel player of the year. But this is the overall singles player of the year. Nominees are William Bibiani, Ethan Irwin, Sam Levine, John Rocha, and Clark Wolf. Some fantastic players. Um all of whom have been champions this year at one point. I uh, have William Bibiani, Ethan Irwin, and John Roca all being singles champs. You have uh, Clark Wolf being a tag champ and Sam Levine being both a tag and singles champ this year. And honestly, that is one of the reasons why Sam Levine, I think, is who I would choose to be the singles player of the year. I know that you're not supposed to take into account you know, tag teams and things like that, but even when you take that out, it's still, to me, it's Sam Levine. If you look at his singles career this year, it was incredible. He went undefeated, and then you know he vacated the title, but he went undefeated and he had that title. And so I really think Sam Levine, Singles Player of the Year, is 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 who I would who I would choose. And that takes us to the granddaddy of them all, overall Player of the Year. We have Ben Bateman, Rachel Cushing, Ethan Irwin, Sam Levine, and Clark Wolf. And I'm gonna say what I said, but in just a minute ago about the singles player, it's Sam Levine. And this is because of his singles career this year and his team career this year. He blew it out of the water. You know, he won so many different things. He won the tournaments, tag and singles tournaments. He won all kinds of stuff and was able to get himself into a title holding spot of both the tag teams and the singles. No one's done that. But Sam Levine has. He did that, and he, hands down, deserves to win Player of the Year. All of these other players, they, they're they great players, but none of them have done nearly what Sam did this year. And so, that, that really, that's all there is. It's Sam Levine, Player of the Year, hands down. Let's make it happen. So, that's it for the nominees. Make sure to head over 
to uh, you can either go to triviasd.com or over on the uh, Patreon, and you can uh, vote over there. I believe. Um, make sure you get those in. We the, the Schmodown Awards will be uh, a live event uh, coming down on January 12th, I believe. So keep an eye out for that, and I'll definitely be covering that when it happens. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm looking forward to, to you know all all the, all the things that go down. Hopefully, some cool cool stuff happens. Some some drama, some action, some just I love it. You know, they're gonna put on a great show. You know they are. So I'm really looking forward to January 12th Schmodown Awards. All right, and now on to the main event of this week's show: the Schmodown Holiday Movies Exhibition Match. This match originally posted, I believe, on December 18th for the $10 and up patrons, but as of yesterday has been made available for all patrons on the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown Patreon. So if you're not a patron, a patron uh, or haven't had a chance to watch this match yet, now is your chance to turn off the podcast. This is the last thing that I'll be doing. Uh, if so, if you have watched it, that's great, but if you haven't, I will see you next week. Otherwise, let's get ready to schmodown. All right, the match uh, got underway. We had Alonzo Duralde and Mark Ellis on the desk, which is fantastic. Alonzo uh, talked a little bit about his book that he had written uh, a while back called Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. It's uh, something I really want to check out. I'm going to hop online. Probably after this, see if I can get a copy of it. Sounds really awesome. So, uh, and I and I love books about film. So I'll be checking out. Have yourself a movie, Little Christmas, by uh, Alonzo Duralde. So this match is a holiday movies exhibition match, and it's uh, got Mark Riley, John Roca, uh, Brian Chandler, and Stacy Howard all going at it uh, against one another. See who is the master of the holiday movie. Now, Brienne starts off, she comes out uh, repping Mean Girls. She's wearing that classic uh, uh, Mean Girls uh, red Christmas dress from the talent show. Then uh, Mark Riley comes out. He's got this amazing holiday dinosaur sweater that I really want to know where he got because I want one. It's so cool. Um, then Stacy comes out, and she is wearing the same outfit as Brienne. They're both repping Mean Girls, which honestly makes total sense. Former teammates uh, repping uh, Mean Girls. Why not? And then John Roca comes out in this really cool-looking uh, Christmas tree hoodie. It's in some fun elf pants. It's fun to see Roca uh, get into the spirit like that and just do something fun and kind of leave the uh, the outlaw gimmick to the side for for a little bit. So that's what I love about these exhibition matches. They just kind of allow the competitors to just have a little bit of fun, you know. Um, it's, it's, they just, they can get, you know, they can just be together and kind of joke around and have fun, but still play, you know, as hard as they can. Um, now this was a a great, a great, uh, opening to the match. And I have to say, whoever's doing the graphics, I love all the snowy graphics that they did for this match. It was really just cool. Um, it kind of brought almost like a vibrancy to it with the with the with the nice blue, the vibrant blue blue color that it was brought to it. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what it was about it, but I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I hope that uh, they continue to do stuff like that with these exhibition matches. All right, so starting off round one. Uh, the match, actually, it was fairly back and forth. Um, st- st- really, we had uh, the second question only Mark Riley got. Uh, we didn't, Stacy didn't get on the board until the third question. She missed her final, her first two questions. So it seemed like, you know, it, it seemed like it wasn't going to be her match. Um, but by the end, I mean, it, it was really close all the way going. And at the end it was six, seven, six, seven. Um, so we had Brianne and, uh, Stacy both with six. Mark and Roca both with seven. You know, one point match. That I think, you know, that's pretty evenly, pretty evenly gone. Everybody was here and there missing, a, you know, one or two, you know, questions. But they all did fairly well in that uh, in that first question. And there was even one where Roca got really distraught that he he didn't know the answer. He was like kicking himself about it. it was pretty. It was pretty entertaining to watch. And then uh, we kicked off round two. They just—they decided they weren't—they weren't going to do a wheel because they would have had to have made a whole bunch of new wheel slices. So instead, what they did—they had Alex come out with a red solo cup uh, with all the categories written on pieces of paper. And so they would just choose uh, the pieces of paper. And uh, you know, speaking of you know holiday attire, as I was talking in the entrances, uh, Alex had a really cool. Uh, Christmas Star Wars sweater that, that I really liked. Um, I'm really lo- I love the outfits that everybody was wearing. It was really just was just real fun and festive and some stuff that I would absolutely wear myself. Uh, so Riley went first in round two. He he picked uh, opponent's choice, and after some deliberation, he was given Christmas classics. He uh, ran through his first two questions with no problem, got to his third, went multiple choice, missed it, Roka steals. So that put Riley at 11 points, Roka at 8 points, and Stacy and Brianne still at 6. Then uh, it was Roka's turn. He deferred to Brianne, who picked uh, Animated, put it back in the cup, and picked Animated yet again. This uh, did not turn out too well for her as she only managed to pick up one point out of a possible six, answering just her third question. Um, She missed her first question and Mark stole it for two points. And then she went to multiple choice on her second question and missed it. Um, And both Roka and Mark stole it. Now, this is one that I wanted to kind of talk about. The question was about the movie Rise of the Guardians, which is not technically a Christmas movie. Um, this, The film, yes, it has Santa Claus and there is snow on the ground, but the film takes place at Easter time. That's the whole point. It's, it's about... Uh, there's a big portion of it where it's about... Um, you know the Easter Bunny and 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 how he's got to deal with delivering the eggs and everything like that. But the movie takes place at Easter, so it's not actually a Christmas movie. And I myself would have challenged this, whether or not they actually knew that, 
like or, or remembered that and that would be why like if Brienne had re- had remembered or realized that um you know that would have been a perfect place to challenge because it's it's not a Christmas movie it technically shouldn't even be in this match at all even though it's a movie that I watch every Christmas I absolutely love Rise of the Guardians but it's not technically a Christmas movie and I think could have been challenged and I I feel like it would have been upheld. Uh, So that put Brienne up to seven points. So like I said, she only managed to get one point there. Uh, Riley is at 14 at this point. Uh, Stacy's still at six and Roca at nine at the end of Brienne's turn. Goes back to Roca, who defers again to Stacy, who picks 2000s, puts it back in the cup, and then picks Family Films. She does a little bit better than uh, Brienne, getting three for, three out of six points, uh, answering two of her questions. Uh, but she did miss her second question after going to multiple choice, and everybody else on the table, Brienne, Mark, and John, all stole for one point each there, putting... Uh, Brianna eight, uh, Riley at fifteen, Stacy at nine, and Roca at ten. Then Roca goes, picks eighties, and stays with it. Goes three for three for five points. He uh, had to answer. He had to go multiple choice on his third question, but he he just went. He just plowed through that uh, the category of eighties. So I mean, he really showed. That uh, he knows his 80s Christmas movies. Now this put uh, Brienne at 8 and Stacy at 9 and both Riley and Roca at 15 points. It's, it's, it's a rough go for the girls here, but you know, it, it, you never count yourself out right away. Even though it, it can be kind of difficult to get back you know, from a deficit like that, you never count yourself out, but... So we go into round three. Bran uh, is up first, category of 2000s, answers it for two points. Followed by Stacy, who gets uh, Christmas romances, answers it for two points. He answered that one pretty quickly. Then uh, Brienne missed both her three and five. She had 90s and 2010s. Brienne ended up with all decades. She had, uh, like I said, her first one was 2000s. Her second question was 90s, and her third question was 2010s. Uh, she missed the 3 and 5. Um, she was sure of her 3-point question. She, like, she answered she felt like she was absolutely sure, but she ended up being wrong and realized it afterwards. Um, and then in, 2000, in the 2010s, got it wrong, and Brienne was eliminated because uh, of missing the questions there. Then we had Stacy do her three, missed, she had animated, and then went on to her five, which was dramas, answered it for five points. She pulled uh, pulled out the correct answer at the last minute, uh, which was the apartment. Everybody was shocked. Uh, the crowd kind of kind of went a little wild there, which was really cool. Um, so kept her in the game for just a little bit longer. Then uh, it was Mark Riley's turn. He got classics, missed. Then John Roca was up, got family films, hit it for two points, which 
caused Stacy to be eliminated. So then it was down to just John Roca and Mark Riley. Uh, Mark Riley answered his three pointer, which was comedies. Uh, John Roca answered missed his three pointer, which was uh, Rankin Bass, which is you know those old kind of like claymation. Um, you know, movies with Rudolph and, and, and all those, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, all those types of movies, which I thought was a really interesting category. And then Roca hits his five-pointer, which was, of course, 80s, which we saw in round two he just demolished. And then Mark Riley gets his five-point, or, you know, gets asked his five-pointer, action-adventure, and misses. Um... Now, here's the thing about this one. I don't think it's really that big of a deal, but Alonzo did say, he said action slash horror. That's that's what he said when he read it out loud, but the screen said that it was action-adventure, and the question was had nothing to do with horror, so I wonder if he just read it wrong or if it was actually supposed to be action slash horror, which is a very weird combination, if you ask me. Um, but it, honestly, it doesn't really matter. He didn't know the answer. And so John Roca wins with 22 points. Uh, we saw, so it was Brianne at 10, Stacy was out with 16, Riley had 18, and then John Roca won the match with 22 points. This was a great match, I thought. It was fun to watch. I love that they're doing these. Um, you know, they did the horror one for Halloween, which was great. And then this one, I remember when they started doing these exhibition matches, it was, this was, this was a thing that I put out there several times as a suggestion, so many times, was to do a a Halloween-themed horror match and to do a Christmas-themed match for the respective holidays. And I was like, that would be awesome. And to see them actually do it really just like, it lit me up. I loved it, you know. So I, I, I really recommend, if you're not a member of the Patreon, get on there. $1 a month. Sign up. Check out this match. And be ready for all the other matches that they're going to be doing. And, and, and get you ready for this new setup that they're going to be doing. So that way you can enjoy everything. The teams. The inner geekdom. The Star Wars. the This new um, Schmodown Throwdown. Everything will be open to you for one dollar a month, twelve bucks a year. It's that's really it. That is doable if it's something that you absolutely love. If you're sitting here listening to it on your smartphone, on your computer, you can find a dollar a month. You can stand outside a store with a cup. You're bound to get a dollar in a month. Stand out there for an hour every you know every couple days. Get some change. You're bound to get a dollar, you know, out of a month. If if you really want the Schmodown, if you love it that much, and you really want to hear all the content, you'll find a way to get that one dollar. So just just do it. Check it out. Uh, you know, it's 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 a fantastic thing, and we just we want to see it continue to grow and grow and grow and just get bigger and more awesome. So please, please, please do that. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to the show. I, I'm having a great time doing this. I love the Schmodown, so it's it's nice to be able to to just kind of get my thoughts out there. Um, if you've got any suggestions, 
you know, maybe some some suggestions on how you know how to do the show a little differently. Anything, I'm up. I'm up for all suggestions. Um, if you if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm on uh, social media at uh, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram at JP Rayner. It's J P R A Y N O R. Or you can reach me at uh, Movie Blog Merc. That's uh, the Twitter page and Instagram page for um, my site for Merc with a Movie Blog. You can also find uh, the page on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Merc with a Movie Blog. And uh, just check out the site. It's www.mercwithamovieblog.com. I just put up a review of uh, the, the Black Mirror Interactive Movie Bandersnatch which was really interesting, so go and uh, check that out. Um, I'm going to be doing some uh, some audio reviews soon for the site, which will be on here. Um, so please, and if you haven't uh, subscribed to the podcast, please do. It helps uh, boost us up in the, in the rankings. Uh, leave a review and, 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 uh, and, and rate. Uh, four or five stars would be fantastic if you like what you're hearing. That would be great. I'd, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. And share it. Share the podcast around if you like it. Um, share it with your friends who are also big Schmodown fans. You know, or, or heck, share it with your friends who aren't Schmodown fans, and maybe I can get them into the Schmodown. It's it's a great thing, and uh, we we definitely want as many people listening to the Schmodown as possible. So, all right, everybody. Uh, I'm Josh Rayner, like I said, editor in chief of Merc with a Movie Blog, and we have been talking Schmodown.